Welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast. This is Wes Morgan. Listen, everyday people operate under habits and mindsets that prevents growth. This podcast is here to address those habits and mindsets and dismantle negative stigmas. We truly believe that if you start with the mind, everything can be renewed. Let's go. It's another day for your mind to be renewed. My name is Wes Morgan and welcome to the Everything Renewed Podcast and thank you for joining us. As I told you in the previous episode, the next few shows will be featuring some pretty dope women that are making an impact in our world. Do me a favor, if you know any woman struggling with self-esteem issues and or body issues, please share this episode. My guest today is about to come with that fire, Dr. Lisa N. Foden. Dr. Lisa N. Foden is a licensed physical therapist and mom-focused lifestyle coach. Using her skills as a movement expert, Dr. Foden helps clients recover from orthopedic and neurological injuries at her private practice uh, located in Charlotte, North Carolina, Healthy Fit Physical Therapy and Wellness Consultants. As a woman's health, body positive, and health at every size, H-A-E-S ambassador, Dr. Foden assists women seeking a healthier lifestyle by guiding her wellness choices through organization, planning strategies, and holistic goal setting. Helping busy moms find their healthy is one of Dr. Lisa's top priorities. She's been married for 14 years. Uh, coming up August, you'll be married for 14 years. She has three beautiful kids, born and raised in the D, as what we call Detroit, um, part of so many different uh, national organizations. Uh, she's part of the National Association of Black Physical Therapists, Association for Size, Diversity, and Health. Um, she's part of the no women uh, Charlotte chapter. She's an AKA. Um, she's part of the Her Health Collective Expert Panelist 2021. Dr. Lisa, welcome to the show. I know you as Lisa, but today you are Dr. Lisa, and that's how I'm going to address you. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the episode. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited, and I appreciate your invite, and you can always call me Lisa. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking that. I know you were gonna say that, but uh, you did way too much work. Um, and, you know, somebody just didn't hand you this piece of paper. You earned that uh, title, so that's I have to honor that. I know you want me to call you Lisa, but um, because of the level of work that you do, um, you earned that title. So you have to be Dr. Lisa just for today. So um, okay. <laughs> later on, I'll go back to Lisa, but uh, All right. how you been? How's life going? I've been well. Life is good. I'm enjoying living in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's been kind of fun. We've been here 13 years now, which is crazy wow. to think that we were even in college like that far back that long ago. Yeah. But yeah, all is well. Life is good. No complaints. Wow. I want to jump right into it because I know you have a lot of uh, good information to share. And I've been on this kick about perception, uh, how we perceive ourselves and the mental strain we battle um, in our mind. So I know you have a lot of input, um, but I want to start. I ask all of my guests this question. It's a renewed uh, question. Um, if you can change something in a world, in the world, what would you change or what would you like to see? Change or see, either or. Wow, that's a good question. Um, oh, there's so many things. It's hard to to pick, you know, play uh, favorites in this one. But obviously, um, discrimination on the basis of of race and 
or sexuality or gender or whatever, that would be amazing to see gone. <laughs> but the funny, the flip side of that is, uh, you know, what, what would we be doing, all the activists? <laughs> like, what would we have to <laughs> yeah. work against? Um, but I guess, yeah, in an ideal or perfect uh, world, it would be nice to get rid of, you know, any level of discrimination and some of which, you know, we'll talk about today with the Health at Every Size movement and and being discriminated against or assumptions being made about you because of your size or the way your body looks. So I guess if I could get rid of that, then yeah, that would be, I think that would make the world a much better place. Hmm. Um, let's piggyback off of that. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Well, well, for obvious reasons, when we're talking about things like race, you know, could you imagine, you know, the, the ground that people of color could have covered it's a shocking the ground that we have covered at this point in life, but could you imagine where we would be, you know, generational wealth and the advances in, in our world had we not, as a people, you know, been discriminated against and held down for so long? I mean, even until this very day. So I just think it would it would benefit the world if we didn't have these unjust systems where people are treated unfairly or denied opportunities or looked over because of the way they look, the color of their skin their sexuality, their gender, you know, in the case of women's rights. So uh, I just, I just think things, things would be better. It's hard to even imagine that because to me that almost sounds like a perfect world, (laughs) but, um, but yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I want to get into your topic. Um, I, I have you on the show, like I said earlier about uh, perceptions. I'm on this Mm -hmm. case about perception because I believe all of our perceptions need a renewed perspective, a fresh Mm -hmm start um maybe even the ability to start over and I think I may have left out of your bio the fact that you are an author and mm-hmm. you, um you're doing some awesome stuff and <laughs> you have a book healthy made easy the ultimate wellness guide for busy moms is it just for moms <laughs> it's really not so that's my target group because I am a mom and the idea for the book sort of birthed out of becoming a mother Um, you know my history. I'm the oldest of six kids. I grew up, you know, with a very young mother. So I always, I felt help like helped raise children. (laughs) And so when I started my own family, I really expected it to be a breeze. Honestly, I just went into it like, I got this. I've been doing this for years. And it just rocked my world. Like motherhood rocked my world. Trying to manage a family and a business, it just, it, it took over my life. And it was you know, in many great ways, but also in many challenging ways. So the the book was birthed out of that struggle that I had myself and wanting to sort of give women, give mothers sort of a guide to like how you can still prioritize your own health and take good care of yourself and how that can actually uh, spill over into how you're able to take better care of your family and the people around you. So that that's where it came from, but it's actually a great guide for anyone who I would say is busy. If you just have a busy lifestyle, you have a lot going on. You having trouble figuring out when you're going to work out, how you're going to, you know, make sure you're eating the way you want. That's feeding and fueling your body appropriately. Um, And, and really just balancing, even though I don't believe in real balance, but attempting to balance the different aspects of your life. So it's for anybody who's busy and has a lot going on. So this episode is just for me then. So I'm, I'm going to be (laughs) So I said the word and um, I had a, a quick opportunity to um, <laughs> add some of your material, but not all of it. What is, can, let's start there. What, what, what does it mean to be healthy? That's a great question. And that's usually where I start 
um, with my coaching, when I'm coaching clients, especially moms, because in our world, and you talk about a renewed perception, I think if you poll most people, um, give them like a visual poll, you show them pictures of people. And if you would ask them to point out the healthy person, 99.9% of the time, they're going to make the assumption that the healthy person is a person who is most thin, you know, not malnourished, but most thin, uh, maybe has visible muscles that you can see, but in general, it's going to be thin. Like that thin has always been associated with health. And what I try to get my clients to understand is that thin may not be your healthy. It may be, right? You may, as you start to make better choices, you may get thinner and that's wonderful. But the reality is that is not the case for everyone. So health for me is an individual determination and it's what we sit down and figure out together. So it might be, how strong are you? Are you able to lift your grandkids or your children? Are you able to lift, you know, meet the lifting requirements for your job? Are you flexible? You know, can you touch your toes? Can you get down on the floor and get back up safely without hurting yourself or pulling a muscle? Um, your abilities, what you can do, what kind of quality of life that you, you actually have, that is health. And it's, it's individually based for each person. And so that, like I said, that's sort of the start of where we, you know, begin with this understanding of how I can get healthier. It's like, well, first we got to figure out what it is to you. What does it mean to be healthy? Don't show me a picture of someone's body because you don't know if that person is healthy, you know? Yeah. So, so that, that's where we start. We start with addressing what you need to do in your life, what you want to do in your life, what you see for your life. And then we break it down into the different components. Diet culture is the reason people think that a thin person is naturally healthy and a larger person is naturally not. Mm -hmm. And that we're trying to change the narrative there and change the whole perspective of that. I, I, I like this. And we, oh man, this is about to be fun because <laughs> I, I remember um, I started putting on weight and I remember going to a doctor because I got concerned. And this was prior to me putting on the amount of weight I have on now. Mm -hmm. And I remember he was saying, um, he said, you were obese. Now, at this time, I'm fresh out of college. So I was still, I was still packing, right? You know me in college. I, mm -hmm. I was lift and I had the nice body and all of that stuff. But this was like a, maybe a year after college. And I went to the doctor and he told me I was obese. I wanted mm -hmm. to smack dude. Like, dude, I'm yeah. And so that, mm -hmm. that was the first thought in my mind, like, and then he pulls out this chart and I remember walking to my car and slowly but surely like this thought came to my mind, is this chart a representation for black men? That was the first thought that came to my mind. And I, I followed up with the email and asked him about this chart. Like, is this chart for everybody? Do you know he failed to answer that question? He can't answer because the answer is no. And I don't have all the stats in front of me or the history, but I know from, from my own studies that BMI was not created. So it was created years and years ago by somebody. The population was definitely white, but it was not created for the purpose of individual use. Like this is your BMI. You need to get to this. this is, it was never created. It was simply created to show the variation in a huge population over time. That's it. It was created for that purpose only. It got adopted into our insurance company's system as a way to charge people more money with higher body fats. <laughs> that's it. That's it is. 
it, it was set up for profit. I like to say it was set up to shame people, but, but really it boiled down to money. It was set up for a profit system um, to create what I call the fictitious obesity epidemic because I am obese too. And I have been obese my entire life according to those charts. And they do more harm than good. They always have because they're unrealistic for about 45 to 50, maybe even 60% of the population in our country. It's unrealistic. I have been obese since I was in high school. You saw me in college. I was not a large person ever, mm -hmm. but because I was short, I'm only 4'11", y'all, and I was always thicker and curvier, I spent my entire adolescence and 20s and a good chunk of my 30s trying to get smaller because I thought that's what it meant to be healthy because you go to the doctor, you get weight, they tell you you're obese morbidly in some cases, and they scare you. And they create this epidemic that fuels diet culture. It fuels, you know, this, this false sense of like alarm that, oh my God, there's something wrong. I'm fat. And who cares if you're fat? Are you healthy is the question. Did he talk to you about your blood pressure? Did he talk to you about your cholesterol? Did he talk to you about the things that would actually impact your ability to live a healthy life? Yeah. Probably not. Cause I bet one year out of college, those were hardly concerns, <laughs> yeah. but you were obese. So I burns my bottom. I could talk about that for hours, but I'll stop there for now. No, because I, I like it because I like what you're saying because it affects our perception of who we are. Mm -hmm. And you even said it. I know I paid attention to it as well. We're trying to chase something that's really not realistic. And the fact, that's why I love your definition because you said it's based upon how you define it. What is healthy? Yes. What, is be, uh, what does being healthy mean to you? Not mm -hmm. what a piece of paper say, because we will never match it. And then of course, I'm looking at all of the um, systemic uh, policies and structures that are in place to limit you, right? Yeah. You from enjoying life and you, you cannot be, you know, because I don't weigh a certain size or I don't look and I don't fit a certain picture that you want me to fit now mm -hmm. I don't know who I am absolutely so who's a sense of myself based upon what you expect me to look like and you and diet culture yeah profits off that the goal is I don't like myself and even when I do work out and, and eat better and lose weight I don't feel good enough still. There's still something. It's always a carrot to chase. They just keep moving it. Um, so the paradigm shift is to then say, I'm going to accept my body or my size or my weight right here where I am, mm -hmm. recognizing that it'll change. Our bodies were never meant to stay the same our entire lives. Like, wait, 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 wait. Say that. Never. Say that our, bodies, our bodies were never created to stay the same size our entire lives. Mm -hmm. Never. Do you never want to just read somebody? I was literally in session this past week and some we were talking about weight and I said something similar to what you just said. It's like, why do you think you can take the most healthiest person, whoever you think is so healthy and go back to when they were 20? They don't look the same. No, so no, I almost never. This belief <laughs> that we have to look so young, like tap into that. Oh, guys. It's so many things. It's it's white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, like all of it plays. It's so many, so many big systems that play into this idea. But diet culture being a big chunk of that 
is this idea that you're never quite there. You're never quite good enough. Keep working, keep working. And, and the, the challenging part about that is there's a flip side, right? There's a positive side to always working and always pushing and always striving. But when you're never content, when you're never content in where you are or who you are or what you look like, then you are, I don't want to say a pawn, but you are most certainly a target for diet culture. And diet culture's job is to keep you as a customer for life. And the funny thing is research shows that people who diet, who try, you know, the next tea, the next Weight Watchers program, the next this or that, those people, their numbers, like they, they are the biggest people. They are the heaviest people <laughs> because, because the correlation between frequent dieting and constant weight gain is very, very, very high. So the people who are doing their best and going through these diets over and over and over again, this yo-yo dieting, they end up being heavier. So diet culture is actually making us heavier. And then we're going right back to those same people to pay them more money to help us get thinner. So watch, watch this. You, this goes into my second question, because mm-hmm. my second question is about weight. You know, is weight and body um, aesthetic a defi- um, defining characteristic of health? So basically, why do we use weight to define? To make us healthy but you i so keep that in mind i'll come back to that question in one mm-hmm. second, but you can answer if you remember it um, yeah i want to throw this in because there's a correlation between what you said in regards to being content like mm-hmm. a lot of us are not content and so diet culture target those people who are not content so when i when i hear the word content i i take that word and i apply it to low self-esteem so mm-hmm. diet culture finds people who struggle with their self-esteem, mm-hmm. right? Insecure, and they target them and they keep them in a bubble to say, keep going, keep working out. And we spend so much money trying to fit this definition, but yep. really what you're saying, we're not content. So why why is weight? Why is the way in which we look, our body, uh, why is that a huge characteristic of health? The well, the short answer is it's it shouldn't be. It's not, <laughs> but for, um, I'll speak for the United States because that's where I was born and where I live. Um, it has become synonymous with health because we, we, we are always looking for instant satisfaction, instant gratification, right? So when you pull up your phone and you're on Instagram and you see a picture of Beyonce, right? And she's like perfectly proportioned. The waist is narrow. The hips are wide. Everything is smooth. You don't see an ounce of cellulite. That becomes like this, it's like this God moment, like, oh my God, that's beauty. That's perfection or whoever, you know, your person is or whatever. (laughs) But that becomes something to aspire to when in reality, Beyonce got cellulite just like the rest of us. What she has though, is a team of people who takes her pictures and smooths things out, pushes things in, pops things out and makes it look a certain way. So we're in love with the perception of health. Most of the people that- Wait, 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 Yeah. We're in love with a what? The perception of health. That's what we're in love with. This, wow. this, this picture perception, like this is how I'm going to look. I remember all my life trying to lose weight and thinking like, oh, I'm going to look like this and I'm going to walk in a room and it's going to be like, and it's, it's and first of all, none of that happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> even, even when you do lose a little weight, you're feeling better about yourself. You don't walk in a room, you know, the music doesn't start playing. The, the light spotlight doesn't shine on you. You're just a person like everyone else. So that part. But we're, we're in love with this, um, this sort of iconic idea that 
somehow this, I'm going to achieve a perfect body, whatever that means. And it's going to make me look better. It's going to make me feel better about myself. And it's going to make other people feel good about me. And what you don't realize is you don't need a certain weight for any of that. Mm -hmm. You can still look amazing. You can still feel wonderful about yourself. And then you can still impact other people and make them, you know, feel great things about you and your presence, because really they're going to be responding to who you are as a person anyway. If you don't have that part in check, if your mental health is in the trash, you know, if you're emotionally unavailable and a mess, looking perfect will mean nothing. And, and if, if we don't stop assuming that body type or size or shape is health and ignoring all the other components of ourselves, like we're in for a, a whole lot of trouble. We're more than a body. You know, my mental health is a part of my health. My emotional health is a part of my health. If I'm not addressing that, what am I doing? Creating this sculpted body so that I can admire it and other people can admire it? Like, wh what are we doing? Where's the substance there, you know? So why, why do we, I want to ask you this, we'll take a quick break and then wrap it up. Why do we focus so much on the necessity of needing other people to help affirm who we are, Ooh. how we look? That's a loaded question. You're the mental health therapist. Um, <laughs> You're the doctor. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> well, so I, I'll just say ba very basically, everybody cares about what other people think about them. And there's nothing, I think, unhealthy or wrong with that, right? I want, generally, I want to be liked. I want to leave a positive impression on people. That's just me being human and caring about my interactions with other people. I think that's perfectly normal perfectly healthy. I don't think there's any knock to that. What happens is though, when we're not very secure in ourselves, when we haven't done the work, be it therapy, you know, self-discovery, prayer, meditation, whatever your thing is to really feel confident and comfortable in who God made you to be, then you seek it elsewhere. You seek it externally. So now, you know, the guys you're dating or the girls you're dating or your parents or you need somebody else to tell you like, you're great, you're wonderful, you look amazing. You need that because you're not filled on the inside. So usually it comes from a place of deficit on the on the inside. And it's something that you really have to work on by yourself. You're responsible for your own happiness. You're responsible for your own self-esteem and confidence. It, I mean, the only exception to this are children because I feel like they need to be poured into by people, their parents and whatnot. But once you're an adult, <laughs> you kind of on your own you yeah. have to find that so that you don't need the external validation all the time yeah that that's good so basically we're chasing something on the on the outside that we're lacking on the inside and really we first need to fall in love with ourselves we need to fall in love with us yes. we need to fall in love with a true definition of health yes in order for us to feel good and then when people from the outside compliment what we believe on the inside then we find a place of happiness. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> and we'll come right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Amore Legacy Publishing Company. Amore Legacy Publishing is a company that focuses on publishing with a purpose. Amore Legacy Publishing has published daily journals, therapeutic activity books, children books, and coloring books. They help put your idea, story, and vision on pages for the world to experience. They are a family-owned and operated company whose sole purpose is to help you build your legacy. To find out more about Amore Legacy Publishing, go to www.amorelegacy.com. 
A-M-O-R-E-L-E-G-A-C-I.com, www.amorelegacy.com for additional information. Let them publish your book and help you build your legacy. Now back to the show. Okay, Lisa, we're back. So um, I was reading here on um, on your bio, you, you talk a lot about um, health at every size. Um, that's a movement. What is that about? Can you share with uh, the audience what, uh, is it Hayes? Yeah, or H-A-E-S, however you want to say it, but yes. Yes, yeah. Let's, yes. Let's, that's, that's more um, so health at every size movement, it's, it's been around um, for a while, but it was, I would say, largely pop- popularized by Dr. Lindo Bacon. And uh, there are three books that sort of um, dig into it. The first one is titled Health at Every Size. The second one is titled uh, Body Respect. And then the third one is titled uh, Radical Belonging. And it's sort of a series of books that highlight and explain the concept between understanding that health comes in different packages. So as, as simply put, it's understanding that you don't know anyone's state of anyone's health by looking at their bodies. You can be a very thin person and be extremely healthy or extremely unhealthy. You can be a very large person and be extremely healthy or extremely unhealthy. And the books, I found so much value in them because it really, it gave me a framework for what I had been trying to explain to my clients for years and having them understand to accept and respect and love their bodies, no matter where they were on this continuum of our body changing all the time. Um, so it, it it brings it home. So I always recommend those books, but it essentially means that my health is not determined by how fat or thin I am, period. Mm-hmm. My health is determined by how I feel, what I'm able to do, um, like my functional abilities, like we talked about earlier, strength, flexibility, things of that nature. It has no correlation <laughs> to the size of my body, the weight of my body, the size clothes that I wear. Mm-hmm. Those things are... It's just what we've been fed and what we've been brainwashed to believe. And so in expanding my horizons, I started to curate, like even on my social media, curate a social media following where I could see people in larger bodies doing these athletic things that you just oh, couldn't believe they could do, right? Who, yeah. who knew a fat girl could run a marathon? You know, who knew a large man could do yoga and, and twist into all these, you know, crazy positions? And it's like, they've always been there but we've been taught to not see it. We've been taught to think that thin equals healthy and it does not. That, that's what I, that's the takeaway for me. Thin does not equal healthy. And the Health at Every Size movement is all about um, appreciating body diversity and recognizing that health comes in many different packages. So can I ask you another question real quick? Mm-hmm. So I remember um, my, my perspective on health change when I forget, I forget his name. I think it's Bob. I forget his last name, but he was the coach on the biggest loser. Mm-hmm. And, um, he had a massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. And that blew my mind. I And I was like, wow, how can somebody in, from my perspective be so healthy and have a massive heart attack? Absolutely. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, so, you know, all of my numbers for, I go to the doctor uh, frequently. So I don't mm-hmm. do the whole, uh, males go to the doctor, by the way, 
but I, I don't <laughs> thank you <laughs> every 10 years no I'm in a doctor's yeah. office all the time I go my doctor is a brother so I'm I'm in his office about everything all of my awesome. are good and everything like that but what you're saying about health are you really saying that hey if your numbers and all of your testing are good don't don't call yourself not healthy based upon how you look mm-hmm that is exactly what I'm saying. Yep, that is exactly what I'm saying. Because that that part is not what's important. And it is a hard framework to unlearn because we've known it our whole lives. Our mm-hmm. entire lives, we have associated fat with unhealthiness. And you have to change it. You have to renew your perspective, if you will, because mm-hmm. that is not that is not what health means. But that that is exactly right. Everything you said. So where do you, you, you have this book? I, I, I want to uh, talk a little bit about this. So. Um, it's a fresh start you know um you you wrote a book about planning um talk a little bit more about your book and how that can help us um have a renewed perspective about our health absolutely help us (laughs) absolutely so i will say a small disclaimer i wrote this book in 2018 and this was prior to my awakening to the health at every size movement uh properly uh same concepts, because again, it's something I had always been trying to verbalize, but couldn't quite do so. But the book spends a lot of time talking about how to maintain a lifestyle that we can be happy with as far as our health is concerned. So when I work with moms, they often say, I don't have time to exercise. And what I understand and respect now is that exercise is not the same for everyone. Your exercise is not my exercise. You may love the gym and I personally don't enjoy the gym. So your exercise may be, hey, I'm going to double this with time with my kids and we're going to go to the park up the street. I'm going to let them swing. I'm going to do squats and lunges around the park or I'm going to run and chase them or I'm going to squat every time I push them on the swing. I'm going to play and enjoy my life and my activity as a part of my way of staying, you know, fit and healthy and in shape and keeping my cardiovascular health up to par. So it gives you great tips for things like that, how to squeeze workouts in. Um, I talk a lot about the gym and like, you know, equipment and stuff that's not really necessary. I spend a lot of time talking about meal prepping tips because you know me, I like to meal prep just because I don't like to spend every evening. Like, (laughs) man, your page. I have gotten... (laughs) I have gotten that offer before to pay, but I, I don't have the time, <laughs> but, but thank you. But for me every day after work, I don't want to have to come in and slave over the stove. That is not a life that is enjoyable to me. I have clients I've worked with. They love cooking. Do it. If it helps your mental health in some way, do it. I cook because I have to, <laughs> that is it. Cause I have three kids and a husband who does not cook often. And I am not about to be spending money on carry out. So I cook on Sundays, prep everything for the week. And then basically it's like a thaw or warm every day. So I give a lot of tips on meal prepping and um, I talk about social eating in the book. So sometimes, you know, you're on a program, not not a restrictive program, because I don't believe in that, but you're on a program where you're eating a certain way and making really healthy choices for your body. You're feeding yourself stuff that's good for your body. And then you go out with friends and you just go wild. So I give tips about how to like, pull back on that a little bit and respect your body enough to make the choices that, you know, you know, are good for you and not based off your friend or the girl you saw on Instagram who looks really good, like literally based on you. So tons of great tips in there. I love my book. I'm very proud of it. Um, Working on a follow-up, but for now, Healthy Made Easy is is there. Healthy Made Easy. I want, I want to do something. um, I believe in 
you know, sowing seeds, I believe, and giving things away uh, for free. Um, knowledge is expensive, um, but knowledge is also accessible. And Absolutely. God has given me the opportunity to be a to be in a position to provide information. And that's really one of the reasons why I do my podcast is to bring um, people on the show who know what they're talking about, who's definitely equipped, but that can help others who they're not there yet. So for any listener who is interested in um, getting Dr. Lisa's book, I'm going to give it away for free. Um, you can contact me um, and all the information will be in the show notes. So the first listener that I hear from, you're going to be able to get this book and we will, I'll ship it to you. It will be in your mailbox and in your hands and hopefully you can learn from it. And um, Dr. Lisa, it's been an honor and I have to have you back uh, because I have like 15 million questions in my head and I <laughs> um, because I think we need to be even more practical. Uh, so mm -hmm. this was like, this was an appetizer. I want to bring you back for the meal for the more practical ways and even answer questions that our listening audience may have. How can people find you? What are your social media handles and all of that stuff? Awesome. Yeah, we'll call this part one. So I'm happy to come back for part two. Um, I am on every social media platform. It is Healthy Fit. Uh, the fit is spelled P-H-I-T. So you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. It's Healthy Fit PT. I am on YouTube. I even have a Pinterest page with, you know, workouts and all kinds of crazy stuff on there. So <laughs> yeah, you can find me everywhere. And then you can always go to my website at www.healthyfit dot com again fit is p-h-i-t i have a free resource there it's a healthy worksheet it's sort of the framework for um beginning to understand what healthy looks like to you and then you can purchase my book i, I have the ebook option as well on there so yeah check me out whenever yeah i'm not giving that away for free that was perfect <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel ashamed that it took me so long to have it because when it first came out with it, i'm like i'm getting it and didn't buy it so I'm that's okay <laughs> on blast but no i i appreciate it because health is something uh, that it means a lot to me and so the fact that you took your time out of your day busy day to sit with me um in our virtual studio i definitely appreciate it <laughs> and listening audience you will not be uh disappointed because dr lisa will be back so until next time thank you for listening and you all have a great day thank you Hey, thanks for listening to the Everything Renewed podcast. I hope you heard something that was helpful and that you can relate to. Do me a favor, like, share, and subscribe to the show. Remember, start with the mind and everything can be renewed. Until next time, stay fresh, stay cool, and stay renewed.